0: This is Doug Hastings, Vice President of Moody Radio, and we're thankful for support from our listeners and businesses like United Faith Mortgage. Mortgage commercials are rarely exciting. So to make it slightly more interesting, here are my nieces to do it for me. So interest rates continue to drop like my sister's baby teeth. Come on, Uncle Ryan had to say the same thing last year. That's true. Last year, it was rates are boring talk historically low. And now this year, there's somehow even more boring talk historically lower than the previous boring talk historically low. Sounds boring. But for so many listeners who just haven't wanted to deal with it, refinancing right now could save you massive amounts of Lego sets. Rates have gotten that low. Some borrowers could potentially save hundreds monthly and tens and tens of thousands over the life of a loan. And if you didn't put 20% down before, some could even stop having to pay PMI. Give Uncle Brian a shot. We are United Faith Mortgage.
1: United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp., 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed Mortgage Banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah.
2: (laughs) If you've reached the point where you can't manage your debt, your credit cards are maxed out, and you're falling behind on your bills, you may think your best option, maybe your only option, is bankruptcy. Wiping your debt clean might seem like an easy way out, but it doesn't mean the road ahead will be easy. Uh, so today, our host, Kingdom Advisors President Rob West, reveals what bankruptcy means for your credit. Now we are pre-recorded, so please hold your calls until next time. But we have some great questions already lined up. I'm Steve Moore. The aftershocks of bankruptcy—that's next right here on Moneywise Live. Well, we should probably clear up something right from the start today. We're not saying that bankruptcy is never the answer to financial difficulty, right?
3: Uh, That's right, Steve. Sometimes you have no choice. But we often get calls from folks who are considering bankruptcy. And in many cases, they still have other options like getting into a debt management plan like the one offered by our friends at Christian Credit Counselors. And you always want to explore those options first because bankruptcy might seem like a quick way out of your debt problems. There's nothing quick about it. And It'll have a long-term impact on your credit score. That's why bankruptcy should only be considered as the absolute Mm. last resort. I'll add to that an underscore. We have an absolute commitment to repayment in God's word.
2: Amen. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about how bankruptcy does affect your credit. What's the first thing we should know?
3: Well, as I said, your credit score will take a nosedive. It's one of the worst things you can do for your score and credit report in general. Uh, the exact impact will vary depending upon the individual and the credit scoring agency, so you can only estimate how much it will really drop. Uh, here's what I mean, Steve, and this is somewhat counterintuitive, because the higher your credit score is before bankruptcy, the bigger the fall after. So, for example, let's say your FICO huh. score is 700, which is in the good range uh, after bankruptcy, expect it to drop by 200 points or more. Uh, But if your score was only 680, it might only drop around 150 points. Either way, though, still a major impact.
2: Yeah. Okay. All
3: right. So that's what happens right
2: after the bankruptcy hits your credit report. What about uh, any long-term damage?
3: Right. Uh, The long-term damage is also significant, but here again, the length of that depends on various factors, and the most important one is the type of bankruptcy you file. Uh, This is where a lot of confusion comes in. You'll hear seven years and ten years. Mm, That's right. Uh, We hear both numbers bandied about all the time, so which one is it? Well, only the public record of a Chapter 7 bankruptcy stays on your credit report for 10 years. All other references to either kind of bankruptcy remain on your report for only 7 years, and they would include a Chapter 13 bankruptcy, any accounts included in a bankruptcy of either type, any third-party collection debts, judgments, tax liens discharged through a bankruptcy of either type, all of those 7 years. (laughs) I guess it would have been too simple to keep everything on the
2: report uh, the same length of time. Of course. (laughs) Why why do you think there is a difference there?
3: Well, for the most part, the reason there's a 10-year period and a 7-year period is because with a Chapter 7 bankruptcy, your debts are wiped out or discharged. Uh, With a Chapter 13, you agree to make at least a partial payment on your accounts, so perhaps that's why they're giving you a break there. Hmm, okay when can you expect your credit
2: score itself just the score to start improving
3: Yeah, Ironically, Steve, you may see your score improve slightly right after the initial hit. Uh, That's because your debts will be reported as discharged or perhaps partially discharged. Uh, Technically, and I stress technically, you no longer owe these amounts. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, That could help your credit utilization rate from a credit reporting standpoint. That's the amount of debt you're carrying compared to your total credit limits, if you Hmm. still have any. Uh, But it will take time to make any significant headway and improving your score. Uh, Black marks from a bankruptcy will be factored in for as long as they appear in your credit report. The good news is with all negative history, it gradually decreases over time. Uh, FICO estimates that it takes roughly five years for a person with a 680 credit score before bankruptcy to get back to that score, but that's only if they don't get into more credit trouble along the way. Hmm, Okay.
2: Uh, Rob, to kind of sum this up a little bit, how should Christians view bankruptcy?
3: Yeah. As we said, it should only be considered as a last resort. You won't find it in the Bible, uh, but it's a modern legal term we've created, and some will be forced into it. Uh, But if it's inevitable for you, you're in that category and you've sought godly advice about it, perhaps it is something to consider. But remember, we don't ever look at it as a way to get out from paying what we owe we should be absolutely committed to repaying. We can talk about that a bit more after the break, Steve. All right.
2: Great information, Rob. This is MoneyWise Live. I'm Steve Moore. We'll be right back. This is Money Wise Live. Your host is Rob West. I'm Steve Moore. Hey, if you hear a phone number mentioned today, uh, please ignore that phone number. Today's broadcast is a reprise edition of the program, but I think the upcoming information will help you and bless you and make you a wise steward of what God's given you. Okay, Rob, we were chatting just a bit about bankruptcy. We've talked about it before, Uh, kind of finishing up with the Christian perspective. It's not the unpardonable sin that we're aware of anyway, but it's never a good thing. And ultimately, if at all possible, we want to try to pay back our debts regardless of what the law says, right?
3: Well, that's right. And again, you may be forced into bankruptcy. You may find yourself in that position, but the commitment we need to pay uh, or the commitment we need to have based on what we read in God's Word is that that does not uh, remove the requirement uh, to pay what we owe. Uh, Proverbs 3.27, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it isn't your power to do it. Uh, Proverbs also remind us the wicked borrows and does not repay. So we should be looking for an opportunity to repay our creditors even after bankruptcy. Stephen, I could tell you story after story of people who did just that. In fact, some of them have written about it in books. It may not be easy. Your creditor may turn you away and say, we can't even take this. But I think the obligation is to try to do what you can in your power, and it may not be now, it may be later, to repay what you owe if uh, at all possible. And that will really represent Christ well in the world and uh, I think go a long way in your role as steward uh, to really making good on those commitments. So uh, this is something that's not easy. It's met with a lot of stress and anxiety. So let's put this at the foot of the cross. The Lord uh, knows that perhaps uh, you find yourself in this position, maybe because of some poor choices, maybe because of something you had no control over. But regardless of the situation, do what you can, lean into it, communicate well with your creditors. If you need to use bankruptcy, use it. But let's look for an opportunity for God to uh, provide in such a way that would allow you to make uh, good on those commitments. That's right. And if you'd like to read a captivating book about a business
2: that was forced into business bankruptcy, and then the family went back and paid what they owed in spite of it all, uh, the book is no longer published, but it's called On the waters of the world. Uh, I've looked it up. You'll find it on, uh, let's see, you'll find it certainly on uh, uh, eBay and Amazon from time to time. It's the uh, story of the Maloon family, and uh, their company was Correct Craft. I'm not a water skier, but I'm told if you are a water skier, that will mean a lot to you, the Correct Craft Boat Company, and how they uh, ultimately paid back all they owed, even though they were forced into bankruptcy. It's a tremendous business test and you might find it captivating this summer instead of I mean instead of actually getting your feet wet in the water Rob you could just lie on the beach and read this book and have a sense that you're maybe in the water in the boat you know the...
3: I'm not sure it would be the same print but I'll take your word for it
2: <laughs> you won't have to dry off after reading the book put true it that way all right no sunscreen let's go to... <laughs> all right let's go out to Idaho hello Steve thanks for your patience how can we help you
0: uh, well, yeah. Thank you for, for your time. Sure. Uh, hey, I'm a small business owner, and uh, I'm required to have a six thousand dollars bond. Uh, but I only receive, and I, I know that this sounds incredulous, but ten cents for the entire year um, for the interest. Uh, so,
3: <laughs> do, you, do you have
0: any direction uh, you can give me uh, in it for a better return?
3: Yeah. Well, Steve, obviously the purpose of this bond is not about the return. You're just satisfying a requirement uh, based on your line of work. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, so I would just kind of look at this as the cost of doing business because you're probably not going to find much more in the way of return, even if you, uh, you know, increase that by a five hundred percent. It's still, <laughs> you're still not going to have much more than, uh, you know, perhaps money for a, a coffee at the local coffee shop. So I think right now what you need to do is just look at this as this is just something I need to have to, uh, again, uh, satisfy an obligation in uh, the work that I do, and yet with my my other investing that is really intended to make a profit uh, that's where i'm going to be more thoughtful in terms of how i'm allocating those resources to do better in the way of return uh, obviously anytime you seek additional return you're taking on additional risks so the key with any investing is to find an appropriate level of risk and investment strategy that matches your ultimate objectives risk tolerance age time horizon, things like that. But I think in this case, with a bond for this purpose um, as a trucker, uh, you're probably not going to do much better than that, so I'd probably just move on.
0: Okay. Hey, I've got another quick little comment here.
3: Yeah, sure.
0: Uh, it, you, you guys have talked about this before. Uh, it's in Luke um, chapter 16, verse 9. It says, um, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone you will be um, welcomed into eternal dwellings. Yeah. So um, one of the things I do as a trucker is uh, I, I like to give out books. Um, and so I was at a, a motel earlier this morning, and we had a, a, a conversation. But uh, at the end, um, I, I said to, you, to her, uh, do you have a little bit of revolutionary in you? And she, she said, you know, she was kind of like, what, what kind of a question is that? And she, but I handed her a book called um, Revolutionary Love, by um, Bishop Festo Covengeray. I might not be able to be uh, pronouncing the last name right. but um, And then there's other books like Disruptive Compassion. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just a a way, you know, to... to, uh, I I think what's going to happen is um, I'll I'll, uh, get to heaven, and there'll be people that say, hey, uh, there's that guy that gave me that book. Yes. (laughs) (laughs)
3: I love that. Uh, Well, I I think uh, when we see in God's Word clearly this idea affirmed, you'll find it as well uh, in uh, 1 Peter 3.15, which is a great reminder uh, to all of us that we need to Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. Do this with gentleness and respect, and uh, that's what you're talking about is being prepared with Mm. all kinds of tools, and those tools can be tracks or books or just your own testimony of God's faithfulness in your life. But what an encouragement to us today, Steve. Thanks for that. Yeah, Steve, keep on
2: trucking and keep on handing out those books. We're glad you called today. Thanks so much. Up to Hornell, New York. Gregory, what's on your mind, sir?
0: Uh, Thank you for taking the time. Um, Briefly, I am a 53-year-old. I make $13 an hour. I have no credit card debt. I have no vehicle debt, and I have no savings. Mm -hmm. Um, I am a uh, five-year clean and sober recovered alcoholic and drug addict,
3: and Mm -hmm. our
0: Heavenly Father is rebuilding me from Mm. the ground up, so Mm. I need some help.
3: Mm, yeah. Well, Gregory, first of all, what a testimony you have as to God's restoration in your life. Uh, we're all sinners, saved by the grace of God when He sent His Son Jesus to pay the penalty for our sin on the cross. And, and we place our trust in Him. We can live with Him forever in eternal dwellings. And while we're still here on earth, uh, and uh, as the Lord tarries, and uh, we have the opportunity to be found faithful in uh, being stewards of everything God has entrusted to us and that includes not only our time and his word and the relationships he's given us but also the financial resources and so I appreciate you wanting to be a faithful steward at this time in your life moving forward you know I think the key for you Gregory is a good a lot of good news first and that is that you're not sitting here under a mountain of debt uh, you obviously are putting a lot of pieces in place moving forward uh, you're on a limited 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 amount of income. And so it would be quite easy. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would be willing to extend you some credit and allow you to live beyond your means. And clearly, uh, as evidenced by the lack of debt, you have uh, guarded against that. And that's a really good thing. So I think the key is to put a plan together moving forward based on really five simple ideas. Number one is we want to avoid the use of debt, which you've clearly done. We want to live well within our means. Sounds like you're doing that. Uh, We want to have some margin. And the only way you can have margin or savings is to uh, take what God has given you and operate on a plan that allows you to live within your means so you have some left over at the end of the month. And then number four is to set long-term goals and give generously. So those are the five key things. Live within your means, avoid the use of debt, have some margin or some liquidity, set long-term goals, and give generously. So I think uh, you've already done the first two clearly. If you don't have a written spending plan, I would do that. But I think the next thing is really to, to begin to think and pray about where God is leading you and uh, begin to establish some goals based on uh, where you feel like the Lord is taking you. And perhaps for you, that's uh, beginning to put together an emergency fund. I think that's a great starting point. Uh, use a $1,000 as a target there and say, what would it take for me to free up a little bit of margin on a monthly basis beyond my obligations and putting food on the table and other expenses such that you could put away $50 or $100 a month uh, to build up to $1,000. Ultimately, you'd want to have three months' worth of expenses there. And then, what about uh, saving for the longer term? And could I open an IRA and begin to save something that I would have available down the road? Uh, Make sure you're taking care of the other pieces that are critical as well, like being a systematic giver and giving a percentage uh, back to the Lord and uh, really thinking through where you go from here. But uh, these are all the things that you want to be thinking about, and I realize there's limited resources, and so that may be frustrating at times, and yet I think as you commit these plans to the Lord, you will find that uh, He will prove Himself faithful in any and every situation. You know, if you'd like the help of one of our Money Wise coaches, Greg, uh, they'd be happy to walk alongside you in this process, and all you'd have to do is just go to our website, moneywiselive.org, click on Connect with a Coach, and mm-hmm. uh, they would be delighted to give you some assistance. That's right. Right. In addition to that, Greg,
2: you might uh, go to our website, moneywiselive.org, scroll to the bottom. There are lots of free resources there that may help you get a leg up on some of your own personal finances. And then down the road, if you have any further questions, anything we can help you with technically, uh, but uh, beyond what we've already discussed, feel free to call back. Uh, we're glad that you called today and we're glad to hear that you're, you're heading upwards. God bless you. We appreciate that phone call. This is Money Wise Live. Yeah, real pleasure to have you with us today this is money wise live i'm steve moore that other guy over there the guy with the answers uh he's rob west and we're pre-recorded. We won't be taking your calls, but we've lined up some calls in advance that I think you'll find helpful and uh, a very, very practical. At least we've tried to make them that way. Uh, so stick around. This is Money Wise Live. Let's go directly to our phones. Let's travel to, uh, let's see, let's go to Chicago. And Bob, we appreciate your patience. What's your situation, sir? God
1: bless you, brother. Well, Thank you. Well, I'm an 82-year-old Missionary, okay, that um, is a a two-time cancer survivor, Mm -hmm. okay. Uh, I am not able to really maintain a uh, full-time position in ministry anymore because of my health, and uh, I do uh, take on uh, assignments periodically. Uh, I'm primarily a vision caster these days. Anyhow, the money that I do have is is basically uh, my Social Security which, uh, according to the government, is extremely below poverty. Uh, I've been having health problems for some time, as I was expressing to you, uh, and uh, several years ago I got to the point where I was making some headway, but I needed to make some major changes in my lifestyle, okay, in terms of how I ate and, and exercising and things like that, which all required some kind of financial outlay. And I got in trouble uh with my uh uh my credit card companies okay so I built up some debt but uh, in recent times i have fallen into uh, uh some more serious uh life threatening uh health issues that could possibly be corrected but i don't i don't i my the the things that i have to do my insurance uh, will not cover
3: i see mm. so uh,
1: it's, my, it's my, uh, uh, my income, my uh, disposable income, which, of course, at this point in time is going to uh, pay my debts. Mm-hmm. I've spoken to, uh, I've called you guys, thank you, mm-hmm. and uh, talked to a couple of Christian credit counseling agencies, and like you, they don't really, uh, uh, they don't really operate according to uh, the idea of ban- claiming bankruptcy. I also talked to uh, a, uh, a uh, bankruptcy attorney who happens to be uh, a fellow believer. And they said, well, they said, your situation, it sounds like there's not a whole lot you could do. Is either, You're either going to die or you're going to pay off your, your debt uh, to the credit agencies. She, uh, they said that, the, however, uh, that is if you declare bankruptcy. However, they say that in all likelihood, in your circumstances, they're probably not going to pursue you. They may, you know, in, in a uh, oppressive way. And that uh, if, in fact, the medical treatment, which I require, uh, is successful, uh, because you didn't declare bankruptcy, you will still have the debt available to pay. And you could do it post taking the monies that you're using to get your medical care taken care of, which allows you to live.
3: Yeah. Bob, let me ask you this, and unfortunately we're going to have to hit a break here in just a moment. What is the total amount you owe on your credit cards?
1: It's about uh, 12000 14000
3: Okay. And would you need to take on new debt to pursue this treatment?
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. I don't have any other resource to do it.
3: Okay. And have you talked to the physician and others, uh, healthcare providers, about what that would take in terms of the cost?
1: About 21000
3: Okay. And where would that come from? You'd have to charge that on these cards as well?
1: No, no. I don't have any more money available on the cards.
3: Okay. Let's do this. We've got to uh, go to a quick break, but you stay on the line. Let's come back and continue our conversation. We appreciate your call. We'll do that indeed with Bob, then take some other calls afterwards. We're
2: MoneyWise Live and we talk about our telephone number often, usually because we're live, but today we're pre-recorded, so if you hear a mention of the phone number, please don't call us. But you can find us online at moneywiselive.org. Just before the break, we were speaking with Bob in Chicago. He's eighty two years old. He's a longtime missionary, he doesn't want to declare bankruptcy. However, he is in bad health and wants to address that without going into debt further, and there just don't seem to be a lot of options, Rob.
3: Yeah, Bob, uh, I realize it's a, t- it's a tight spot in that you're living on Social Security, which, as you said, the government would recognize as below the poverty level. Uh, because of some previous health issues that are now continuing, you've accumulated about $14,000 in credit card debt, which you are current on and servicing every month. You can continue to do so. The real challenge is you need some additional medical treatment, and that could run 20000 or more. And from what you're being told, uh, it's really a life and death type of situation where if you don't pursue some of this treatment, uh, you know, the they're telling you that uh, it really is serious. Uh, so I think the path forward uh, really requires you, obviously, and I suspect this has been a hallmark of your life, but uh, I think uh, I'll just say it as a What I'm seeing would be, let's start on our knees and just say, Lord, this didn't catch you by surprise, and just ask your provider, the Lord himself, to intervene in this situation and provide miraculously, Uh, whether it's a knock on the door unexpectedly with the Lord providing uh, through another believer or through your local church, perhaps your denomination as a missionary, uh, making the need known and seeing how the Lord might provide uh, through other believers. I think that's first and foremost, and uh, let's just trust that God is going to intervene here miraculously and do something unexpected, where only he will get the glory for that and we'll be able to celebrate with you in that. I think uh, your responsibility—that's God's part—your part is just being found faithful with what he's entrusted to you, which means you have a limited amount of income— to, the ability, your, to your ability to work and generate more income, certainly you need to do your part. If your health prevents that, then all you have to work with is your Social Security. So at that point, we say, okay, well, uh, to the extent you have medically necessary procedures and treatment uh, that is required, uh, I think you have to pursue that. And I think you have to make your situation plainly known to these health care providers, uh, work with them to see if they will work with you, Uh out of what resources you have available to provide the treatment as they are able to do so. And if that at some point involves you not being able to pay uh, the debts, um, that may be the situation. And this is one of the things we talked about at the beginning of the program today. You won't find bankruptcy in the Bible, but you will find uh, this idea that we have an absolute commitment to repayment. Uh, but you may have to find yourself in bankruptcy before you're able to repay. Or in your case, with unsecured credit card debt, it may be calling the creditors and saying, listen, in order for me to keep food on the table and to pay my medical uh, bills for treatment that's medically necessary, I'm not in a position today to be able to make good on this. My, I'll show you my budget. I'll be very plain with you as to my situation, uh, but I just simply can't pay the bill. And that would mean ultimately it would go into a a collection status. You would get lots of phone calls. It may uh, involve a charge off. And then ultimately they could pursue a judgment, which would be a part of the public record, which is where you may find yourself needing uh, to file bankruptcy. Maybe not. It really just depends upon how they pursue you. But following treatment, or if the Lord provides another way, as you have already said, that would be potentially the opportunity for you to go back and pay these debts in full. And so I think at this point, there's certainly not a quick fix here, but I would say if you have treatment that's absolutely critical for your health, uh, you've got to pursue that, and I would just not run away from the creditors. I would let them know what's going on, and uh, let's just ask the Lord to provide in this situation. Does that make sense, though, to you?
1: Well, absolutely, and that's the direction that uh, I was planning, thinking about taking, and uh, I've always had good credit mm-hmm. in the past. So, I think uh, you know the Lord uh, being in my corner. What you have suggested is very helpful, and I thank you once again for your uh, assistance. And you have a well. You're day. welcome.
3: Uh, and you as well. Let me just pray for you, Bob, as you go. And Father, we just lift Bob up to you. Thank you for his service, uh, 82 years old, serving you as a missionary, sharing the gospel around the world. Here he finds himself in a difficult spot, but this situation did not catch you by surprise. So we ask as his provider and as the great physician that you would intervene miraculously. We ask for a healing on his body. Would you touch uh, and heal his body? We ask for provision in his life so that he would be able to meet his obligations and be able to take care of everything that's in front of him. We're going to trust you for the outcome. Leave him in your hands. And we ask all of this in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen.
2: Amen. God bless you, Bob. Thank you very much. And down the road, uh, keep us posted. Let us know how things work. And we'll also be praying for fellowship. It's important during times like this that you have people around you uh, that you can share with, pray with, and God bless you, my brother. We appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, let's go down to Florida, Rob, and- and we welcome
3: Jan. Jan, thank you for holding and for calling today. How can we help you?
0: Um,
1: hi. Um, thanks for taking my call. Going to make yes, it real quick. Um, we we just had a, a term life insurance that reached its peak uh, ten okay. ten years, and the um, premium tripled. Yes. And so it's uh, very high, and um, we were looking for other options, and it seemed like the only other option is just to choose another company. However. Yeah. Um, and talking about terms. Um, however, my husband did have a heart attack two years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure that, um, that we'd be successful in actually going with another uh, term with another company, except for um, if perhaps we um, qualified through a, an association like maybe DFW or AAA. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, Yes, and there is something called guaranteed issue insurance, um, where there is not medical underwriting. Obviously, more expensive, and so the challenges would be uh, that you would have, uh, you know, potentially not enough coverage. I think the key is to determine what is actually needed. Uh, The purpose of insurance is to replace or offset a risk. So, uh, to the extent uh, you know, you or your husband or both of you are working, if something were to happen to you while you're still in your earning years and still saving for the future. Uh, Obviously, the purpose of insurance is to come in and provide money that would then provide for uh, the remaining uh, spouse and or dependents uh, in the event of that loss. Uh, But only until such time as you've accumulated and saved over a lifetime of working so that you no longer have a need for insurance. And that would be the idea behind term insurance. And so the key is, what is the proper amount of coverage that you need? need and for what period of time, ideally until you're fully retired. Uh, As a rule of thumb, we would often look at a number of 10 to 12 times the income that you're trying to replace as a starting point. So I think the key is starting with the budget and saying, what can we afford? How much insurance do we actually need and for what period of time? And then going out and looking for that policy. Obviously, um, the, the Intent behind the ten-year term policy you had was not to keep it beyond the term because it just becomes so cost prohibitive that uh, the idea is that you would drop it at that point and replace it. Now I realize that um, you didn't expect a heart attack, and that's a reality now, and so we're going to have to navigate that. And so that would be why, Jan, it'd be really important for you to have a an independent life insurance agent that can go out and shop this for you across a number of companies. Keep in mind certain companies underwrite certain medical conditions differently than others. So one might look more favorably on one condition versus another. And then there's always these guaranteed issue policies uh, in situations where you just simply don't qualify. So uh, check out a Certified Kingdom Advisor there in Florida at MoneyWiseLive.org and ask for a referral to a godly life insurance agent who can help you.
2: This is MoneyWise Live with Rob West. We'll be right back. Good to have you with us today. It's Money Wise Live. And uh, let's see, Rob, what don't we do, why don't we take a, a few emails here? I think we have time. This first one is from Andy. He says, I was on the show and took your advice. We are in a lot of debt. As of now, we're debt free. We followed the plan and allowed God to work through us to help others. Thank you. So it's not a question. It's just a uh, Thank testimony. You, Robin, that's nice. yeah, yeah,
3: absolutely. We take those too. Anytime you have a <laughs> testimony uh, you'd like to share with us, please email us and you can use that same questions at moneywise.org. Andy, let me say uh, I'm proud of you. Uh, you said you were in a lot of debt. You're now debt-free. Clearly, that didn't come without a lot of hard work. You said we followed a plan, and that's really important to make a plan and then stick to it. And I love that you say now God is working through you to help. And that tells me, Andy, that you've taken this freedom that you now have and the money that's been freed up because you're not sending it toward all this interest and paying down debt, and you're using it to be a conduit into God's activity through your giving. And that's exactly why we do what we do every day, so people can live in freedom and be able to respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit so they can give to those in need. And that's what it's all about, Steve. Indeed it is. Okay, Teresa uh, does have a question. She
2: says, Dear Rob, I have two credit cards that I opened in 2005. Since then, I opened what I thought were 12 months, same as cash plans for items I purchased. However, those companies sent me a credit card. Should I close all three of these additional cards at once or do it some other way?
3: Yeah, Teresa, great question. First thing, let me just Challenge you a little bit. Let's not open those same as cash. Pl- uh, in the future. And here's why, right? If you pay them off, of course, you're not going to pay anything. And so then you were able to use somebody else's money for a little bit of time. But here's the thing if you're saving and you've got the cash, uh, let's just go ahead and buy it for cash. You know, so often the reason these companies do this is they know the percentages are that uh, most people don't pay it off in time and then they apply an exorbitant interest rate. So in the future, we can avoid all this by just paying cash at the time of purchase. Now, you've got these. They sent you the credit card. It could be that they haven't been activated, so I would check that, and if they haven't, just let them know you don't have any intention of using them, and please don't activate them. If they have been activated and you pull a copy of your credit report at annualcreditreport.com and all three of these are now showing up, I'd probably close two now and maybe close one more six months from now. It's not going to make a big impact on your credit, but uh, I probably wouldn't close them all at once.
2: Okay, and let's see. I think we have time for Melanie's email. Uh, Dear Rob, I've been listening for a long time. I remember when you talked about websites that are for high school students looking for scholarships for college. Back then, I didn't need that information, but I sure do today. Will you (laughs) mind telling me that information once again?
3: Yeah, when it comes to uh, scholarships, the web is your friend because there's wonderful resources out there. Um, I'll mention a few, scholarships.com. Uh, The College Board, Uh, there's one called niche.com, niche.com, and then petersons.com. I will also direct you to uh, Amazon or wherever you buy books and just do a Google search for Uh, college scholarships and grants and you'll find some wonderful books and i would allow the ratings to be your friend there look for others who have highly rated these resources and there's some good ones that give you an exhaustive listing of scholarships you may even want if you're particular student knows the direction they're headed in terms of Mm -hmm. a a profession or a major, look for grants and scholarships specific uh, for that particular industry because there are some niche scholarships out there. Okay, great information.
2: Thanks, Rob. And uh, thank you for your emails. Now, if you'd like to send a brief email to Rob, uh, first, keep it brief, just a few lines. And then the address is this, questions at moneywise.org. That's questions at moneywise.org. Okay, and with that, uh, Rob, why don't we go right back to the phones, all right? Sounds good. Uh, Perry, New York. Deanna, what's your question for Rob West?
0: Yes. If you don't go through a lawyer, does it will have to be notarized?
3: Hmm. Uh, You know, I am not an attorney, uh, Deanna, but what I would just say is, generally speaking, in all states, the signing of a will really must be witnessed by two or more people. And in most states, uh, the will itself does not have to be notarized. Um, The confusion comes in with something called the self-proving process. Uh, This eliminates the need for a probate judge to find your witnesses and have them testify that you uh, were who you said you were and that you were of sane mind when you signed the will. Uh, basically the witnesses sign this self-proving document attesting to all of that and typically they do it at the time of the signing uh that document not the will will have to be notarized and then included with the will so that's where some confusion comes in but i think it's probably a good idea to have it notarized um and i think you want to also address this second document uh that really attests to the witnesses and the fact that they are attesting uh, to what they need to do um But, uh, you know, this is a situation, Deanna, where I would generally recommend most people seek out a legal professional when doing a will is just not something you want to get wrong. You want to make sure that it's in order according to the laws in your state. And it's also a great time to do some other estate planning in the form of a health care surrogate and a durable power of attorney and a living will, things like that alongside uh, your last will and testament. So my preference is that you use an attorney uh, so it's done properly, but uh, you certainly can do it yourself, and there's a lot of online tools to help you do that. And I think what you would want to know is, does your specific state require it? Uh, They are certainly going to require the witnesses. Uh, The question would be whether the notary is required as well. And so I'd look there uh, in New York just to see exactly what's required.
2: Deanna, thank you very much. Interesting, the will itself doesn't have to be notarized, but you have to have at least two people testify that you are who you say you were Mm -hmm. or are. Most of the time. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Okay, interesting. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hello, Jordan. We appreciate you hanging there, sir. What's on your mind? Oh, excuse me. It's a ma'am. I apologize. How can we help you?
0: Lady, (laughs) thank thank you for taking my call. I want to know the difference. What is the difference between uh, Treasury bonds and government Mm -hmm. bonds?
3: Ah, yes. Well, it gets uh, pretty technical pretty fast. Uh, T-bills, as the Treasury bills are are called, uh, are government-issued bonds with uh, less than a year to maturity. Uh, So uh, they're also called notes. And when they have a maturity of more than 10 years, they're actually called bonds. So that's where some of the, the confusion comes in. It really has to do with uh, the duration. The key with the treasuries, though, uh, Jordan, is that they're backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government. So very safe, very secure, uh, but offer a very low interest rate. Uh, now, then you have a money market, um, uh, and you have money market, and and you have a money market fund. A money market account, as it's typically called, would be an interest-bearing account at a bank. Or credit union, and most of them pay a higher interest rate than a regular savings account uh, and often have the FDIC insurance, which would not be the case with a money market fund, which is simply a mutual fund that only invests in highly liquid instruments like cash and cash equivalents with a short-term maturity. So uh, I know it gets pretty technical and it can get confusing. I think the key is, to your original question, uh, treasuries are referring to treasury bills which are government issued bonds and ultimately the specific name of them has to do with the the duration of them and with that comes a corresponding yield or interest rate very safe but they're going to pay very low interest okay so the
0: what about the government bonds because i have two, two funds. i have money market Treasury bond at money market uh government bonds. The yes. Government bonds.
3: What yeah. is the so difference? Magnitude- the- Yeah. So the T bonds uh, that you're talking about, the treasury bonds are often referred to as long bonds because they take the longest to mature of the government issued securities. So they're offered to investors with a term of 30 years to maturity. Uh, so you receive a fixed interest payment generally every six months, uh, they pay the highest rates of the three types of government securities. There's bills, bonds and notes because they're the longest term investment, uh, uh, so still going to be on the, uh, the low end overall, but they're the highest of the government bonds. And again, all backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government. So I realize that it can be a bit confusing. And for that reason, why don't we send Steve her a copy of uh, Austin Pryor's book, The Sound Mind Investing Handbook. Let her yes. uh, read up on these. And Jordan, if you have any questions after you do that, give us a call back. Yeah, Jordan, you stay on the line. Let's
2: make sure we get your contact information. We'll get that book right out to you, and I trust it'll help you. It can be confusing because, frankly, people use different terms from time to time for the same uh, same vehicles. Uh, she asked about money markets, treasuries, and government
3: bonds, but government bonds, that's kind of a generic Term, right, Rob? I mean, it can be, yeah. I mean, it really comes down to uh, the types of uh, fixed income securities the government offers. They fit into these three categories treasury bonds, treasury notes, and treasury bills. And each one has a different rate at which it matures, and each pays interest in a different way. And so that's where the distinction comes in. Okay, Rob, we are out of time. Nonetheless, I'm going to ask you, obviously,
2: the number one topic on all the newscasts these days is the coronavirus. Lots of people concerned about what it's going to do to their jobs, their careers, uh, their investments. Uh, Leave us with a a couple of uh, prudent words here from God's Word.
3: Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, the key, Steve, is we are to be investors. Remember, the parable of the talents says that what we were entrusted, we should be wise stewards. And part of that stewardship responsibility is we should take a portion of what God gives us today and and save it. And to the extent we have some short-term savings, we should put it to work so we can earn a return. And we go through periods like this, and there's going to be an economic fallout to this coronavirus. We have no idea how much, but that's why we invest for the long term. We don't look at the short term. This is probably just a bump in the road, and we look at it in a much longer context.
2: Thanks, Rob. And thank you again, as I mentioned, for tuning in and for being a part of the program. MoneyWise Live is a partnership between Moody Radio and MoneyWise Media. Join us again next time.